Hello. Welcome to Sounds from the Shelves. I'm Mika. I'm Sarah. And I'm Lee. As you might know, April is Poetry Month. So today, we're talking about poetry. Yeah. My jam. Welcome to Read This, where we tell you what books are awesome that you should read. So joining us today, we have Sydney Brewster. Thanks for joining us, Sydney. Yay! Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. As you heard, I'm Sydney. I'm a library assistant at the Draper Branch. Uh, I really like graphic novels, fantasy, and poetry, which is what we'll be talking about today. Yes! Awesome. So give us your recommendations. Okay, cool. So this April is Poetry Month. Poetry is one of the oldest forms of storytelling. Today, I'd say it's more accessible than ever with the internet. There's spoken word poetry, slam poetry, and social media poetry. Additionally, a lot of music lyrics borrow poetic techniques. But today we're going to talk about novels in verse, which are also known as the verse novel. One of the original long form storytelling mediums was epic poetry. These are super long poems that tell stories of love and war, heroes and villains. Many were passed down by oral tradition, then later written down think the Iliad. Nowadays, epic poems aren't as much of a thing, but there's the novel in verse, which you can think of as a hybrid. It follows the conventions of a modern novel, but in verse or poetry format. Novels in verse have been growing in popularity in the last decade, though the genre dates back to the 1800s. It's a great entry point if you like to read more poetry, but you don't see yourself picking up a poetry collection too easily. There are all manner of novels in verse for all manner of interests, as with any other sort of novel. Okay, so let's jump right into the recommendations. So first up, I've got Starfish by Lisa Fish. Mm. This is a children's novel that's actually on the Beehive nominee list this year. Bullied and shamed her whole life for being fat, 12-year-old Ellie finally gains the confidence to stand up for herself with the help of some wonderful new allies. The next one I have for you is Samira Surfs by Ruxana Gitrose. This is also a children's novel. After months of rebuilding a new life in Bangladesh with her family, Samira decides to become a surfer girl in this story about a young Rohingya girl's journey from isolation and persecution to sisterhood and from fear to power. The next one I have is Other Words for Home by Jasmine Warga. This is also a children's novel. When her Syrian hometown is overshadowed by violence, Jude moves to Cincinnati, Ohio. She worries for the family members who are left behind as she adjusts to a new life with unexpected surprises. Moving on to some teen recommendations, I've got Call Me Athena by Colby Cedar-Smith. Inspired by the author's grandmother, this novel tells the story of one woman's struggle for independence, equality, and identity as the daughter of Greek and French immigrants in tumultuous 1930s Detroit. Then here's another award-winning teen one. It's the winner of the 2015 Newbery Medal. It's called The Crossover by Kwame Alexander. 14-year-old twin basketball stars Josh and Jordan wrestle with highs and lows on and off the court as their father ignores his declining health. Here's another teen one, Nothing Burns as Bright as You by Ashley Woodfolk. Two black teen girls move rapidly from strangerhood into a protective best friendship before becoming dysfunctional lovers and mutually destructive partners in crime. Then the last teen one I'll leave you with is White Rose by Kip Wilson. Disillusioned by propaganda, Sophie Scholl, a young German college student, challenges the Nazi regime during World War II as part of the White Rose, a nonviolent resistance group. Then, moving on to some adult options, I have Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. This was the winner of the 2019 Booker Prize. It follows 12 characters over several decades, from a non-binary social media influencer to a 93-year-old woman living on a farm in northern England. 
The next one I have is, that's also an adult novel, is Angel and Hannah by Isol Yi Park. Hannah, who comes from a strict Korean household in Queens, New York, and Angel, a Puerto Rican boy from Brooklyn, fall in love in the spring of 1993. Then as a bonus, I have a couple of poetry collections, if you're ready to venture that way. Always. The The Princess Saves Herself in This One by Amanda Lovelace, Night Sky with Exit Wounds by Ocean Vong, and The Wasteland and Other Poems by T.S. Eliot. Finally, I'll leave you with the tidbit that Utah itself boasts quite an impressive literary scene. MappingLiteraryUtah.org is a fun resource to check out with links to many of Utah's poets. Look around in your local community and you might be surprised what kind of poetry events there are. Woo! Thanks, Sydney! Thank you! Yeah! I just wanted to second um, Starfish. That book is so good. I read it for the first time this year and it's a book that I wish I had given like 12 year old me could have read. I like sobbed my library copy had tear stains on it. Um, but I highly recommend it. It's it's really good, especially if you have like kids and you want to talk about like body talk and like body politics with them. Really good recommendation. Amazing. I love it. See, poetry connects people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it connects you just to your own family. Yeah, it's true. Well, thank you so much, Sydney, for coming and for your recommendations. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It was a joy to research all these great, great books. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, now now I have like an even longer to be read list. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It grows and grows and never stops. It's true. That is the curse of working at a library. I have a little list on my phone that I keep adding to every time I see a book that looks interesting and I don't think it will ever end. <laughs> yep. I've read a thing on, uh, I think it was on Facebook. I've seen it a couple of times now, but it's uh, when you finish your to be read list, that's when you become a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> if anything, you just never finish it when you become a librarian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just grows. Yeah. I also have an imaginary list that I tell people because I get recommendations all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'll put it on my list. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Sorry, friends. (laughs) It's the worst when you get it from just like random people you don't know that you've struck up a conversation Mm -hmm. with and you're like, I know nothing about your taste. So I don't know if that's a good recommendation or not. (laughs) Um, I'm always leery of anybody that's like, it changed my life. I'm like, did it? <laughs> you have to give me an example or it doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> proof, people, proof. <laughs> so, to talk about poetry with us, we've invited two local poets. You may remember Winter from an earlier podcast episode. We've had her on before. And then we've also got Reese Sweeten. So, welcome, guys. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, yes, sure. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I'm Winter Storm. I've been uh, a published poet since eight years old um, and a performing poet since 2017. Um, I was a part of the Salt Lake City Slam team and went on tour with them. And I have just been in the swing of things since. Um, poetry is life. I'm also a professional drummer, so uh, art is life, really. Um, and speaking of art, I'm the CEO and executive director of Utah Black Artists Collective. I'm also the new organizer for Queer Spectra Arts Festival, one of the new organizers. Ooh. So, yeah, I, I guess I can say I like art a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, art is my full time, so 
yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Um, super excited to share some more poetry with you all and um, talk with you all again. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Hi, Reese. Hi, I'm Reese. Um, haven't been doing poetry my whole life, but I discovered it in 2016, and it's been a very passionate relationship for me ever since. I uh, didn't really enjoy poetry, you know, growing up, I'm not going to lie, and I just realized it was a lot of the things that were forced upon me, and I remember going to an open mic and, uh, you know, experiencing that feeling where I was like, this poem made me feel something, am I okay? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> and that's when I realized that I, I wanted to write as well. I ended up running the same open mic for several years, kind of inherited it, um, was involved in a lot of local things around the Ogden area and whatnot. Met some amazing people, and it just continues to grow. And I'm just absolutely, you know, fascinated with poetry in general and all the opportunities and doors it's opened for me and uh, the people it's really introduced me to. I'm I'm a little bit of a homebody myself, but uh, poetry brings me out of my shell, and I'm glad to be here. So awesome! Thank you. Yeah, we're so happy you guys are here because. Of the three of us, I think Lee's the only one that knows a whole lot about poetry. Sarah, Maybe you can a little. correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I know a little bit. I used to go to a lot of slams in 2014 in Salt Lake and like participated in a couple. But woohoo! Woo. All right, we'll start with our first question. Why do you think poetry is so important for people, or do you think it's important? Maybe you don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, want I to hope. assume I know the answer. <laughs> Why are you here if not, right? <laughs> uh, poetry is life. Of course, it's important. Poetry is life. Um, there's something that is so moving uh, about poetry. Um, there's something that's so healing in the art of sharing your poetry and being able to heal others through sharing your poetry. Um, that's something that's beautiful that I think we all should experience um, or all should want to be a part of that type of experience um, of being able to move someone with our words or heal someone with our words or even um, just have mutual understanding um, because of this beautiful art of poetry. Much in the same vein for me, I uh, not to get too philosophical on everyone <laughs> here, but I believe that poetry like music and language is a part of the human condition. It, it will exist regardless of the language or the medium. And one of the amazing things that I learned running open mics and trying to, you know, get people to write or get inspired to write poetry is you'll ask a ton of different people and very few people have actually written a story. But it's really amazing that most people at least have a poem that they've written at one point in their life. And I think it just, you know, it serves a purpose for all of us. Uh, a thing I like to mention is, you know, the ancient Greeks believed that when you read poetry aloud to people, you channel the voices of the dead. And I thought that was really out there until I did it for my first time. And I was like, whoa, what's going on here? That, that wasn't me. That's... And so it's a, I just think it's a really big community builder as well, too. And I think even without big organizations bringing it together and stuff like that, there will always be like a community of it and people that join for it. And that's kind of how I discovered it and found a love for it. So. That's really cool. Yeah, very deep. Um, <laughs> but I agree with both of you. I also find that poetry is life and very philosophical, and it, it connects us on such a deeper level. Um, and 
brings people together and makes a community where otherwise we would not be a community. So definitely, that's that's something why some reason why I love poetry. Um, that and it got me to be an emotional person and to be okay with that. So that was something I always struggled with. Like that's not logical. Why did I just cry? Um, <laughs> but you know, poetry let me know that that was okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's beautiful. Can you share a poem that you particularly connect with, whether it's your own or maybe a favorite from another poet? Uh, don't jump at once, guy. I'm like, I don't want to keep a librarian going. their favorite book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. I'm notorious for taking too long to get my words together and think and interrupt people. So I was just waiting for to avoid that. But. Absolutely. I'm sure we both have something that we'd love to share. Would you like me to go first or? Go for it. Okay. I have both. Would you like some of my work or some someone else's? Okay. I've never done this sitting down before, so I'll try to get the same energy here. Um, This is my favorite poem of all time. It's a shape-shifting poem. I have it tattooed on my skin and it's just evolved throughout the years. And I think Lee can attest to that. We met at the same open mic. I got a poem in my pocket. This one's about my life. For so long, I tried to keep it a single page, shrinking myself for others, erasing more of me every day. I could never fit in between the lines that someone else made. I got a poem in my pocket because I survived the hate. All too often, a brick wall became acquainted with my face. I got bullied, jumped, and harassed for wearing purple pants to class one day. The biggest mistake I made was when I let them take my colors from me. How I turned into a wandering specter no one else could see. But then, slowly, with each breath, I came to be. My poetry is a protest against death. Each line that I pen is more proof I exist. I got a poem in my pocket because the closet is no place to live. Being trans, there is a good chance that I will be murdered, assaulted, or beaten. But even when I am most afraid, I lean into the feeling and write about it anyways. I once lived without a future, in a constant state of doom, until I used words to suture my wounds. So much of becoming is taking out what no longer belongs and filling in the blanks. Like this poem, I grow stronger as I continue to change. Being a tortured artist became so boring and cliche, so I poured myself into something more worthy and from these pages I made myself a home I got a poem in my pocket for those who are alone I know that it seems hopeless when you are caught in a haze but if you close your eyes and listen you will hear me in the distance calling out your name come out come out come out of the dark don't be afraid you can be who you are together we can part these clouds and weather this storm there is so much more to live for beyond this shroud of pain take my hand I'll show you the way. I got a poem in my pocket as I watch another rise in the suicide rate. A poem in my pocket for every child trapped in the beehive state, who after being stung so many times, decided to leave this life behind. I can never give the dead justice and keep this under the three minute mark, but we can start with my friends, as I have lost so many of them. We are in a dire situation, so don't you dare try to explain this away or blame this on the elevation. We all know from where this culture of shame came, and it will take work if we are to prevent the rows and rows of children 
children's graves. If these facts happen to bother you or shake your faith, take it up with Heavenly Father, who made us this way. My mother cried, tears cascading down her cheeks the morning I lied and told her I didn't believe. I was forced from my faith because I couldn't pray myself straight. I came dangerously close to taking my own life more times than I can count. But I worked through the anger and found love dormant beneath. And the source of that endless spring is the core of my beliefs. Love is my religion and poetry the gospel to which I am the prophet. And that's why I got a poem in my pocket. can't snap with my left hand. I should have done my other hand. <laughs> I can only snap with my right hand, too. I think the snap was invented, so, like, when you're trying to applaud while you have, like, a drink or food in your hands, like, I, uh, I won't be convinced otherwise. It's just like... Uh, Winter? Um, this poem that I am going to share with you all today is one of my favorites because... I'm talking to myself in it. I'm talking to others in it. Um, it is, yeah, it's it's one that hits me every time too as well, like every time I read it. So, um, and it's a reminder um, to just keep going and keep reclaiming, I guess. Um, so yeah, this uh, this poem is featured in a song that was considered for a Grammy. Um, this past Grammy season. I'm super grateful for that um, with the artist named Amia. So this is A Glimpse of Time. She was a dream come true and reality's nightmare. I still desire versions of her wondering if that makes you the one or me the idiot this time. The one thing I can't get back. I tried to recall every time that I told you I loved you. I've searched far and wide. Sorted through excuses and lies to try to find time, not being defined as a compromise, rather to provide guidance, to install a clock where our hearts used to synchronize. You see, I had to realize that I'm still trying to convince my own shadow that I'm worth following. I once said a broken clock is beautiful, sitting, not clicking, not a single chime tried to remind the woman in the mirror that she was more than enough this time, realized that I could not turn back the hands of, well, you get it, that we would now only dwell in my book full of these lines, these moments, and these memories. You see, memories are like dust particles. They settle, and unless we mess with them, ruffle their flurries a bit, Unless we choose not to quit replaying them in our head over and over again, let them rest, put that moment to bed. Our memories became dust particles. It's time for you to be free. Time for self to uncover the elements of love. Time to mend these broken pieces that used to puzzle us. Time is mine. It can't be taken away from me anymore. Filled my life time and time again. Time will fly like a bird. Get lost in the wind. I finally got time on my hands. I've decided that we have run the right course this time. And so my heart still ticks.
Man, both of you amaze me every time, every time. Thank you so much for always being well, willing to share your words. I'm getting emotional, so I'm going to back away. <laughs> yeah, no, those were both really powerful poems. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for thank having you. us. On that note, are there any poets that you recommend to people to check out? Like, who are your favorite poets? How much time do we have? <laughs> we could even okay. pick, like, one living poet and, like, one dead poet, if that's easier for you. Uh, a few. Oh, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. There was. I See, I told you I'd do that. <laughs> so off the top of my head, I'm going to have to name the ones that resonate with me. And, of course, the ones that resonate with me the most are, you know, some queer and some trans poets that I've gotten a lot of meaning from. Uh, Alok Minan is a great example. Andrea Gibson, I can't say enough good things about them. That was who got me writing poetry to begin with. That was the poem I was talking about earlier where I was like, wait, I'm feeling something. Am I okay here? A more recent love that I have is uh, Franny Choi is really, really great. Uh, the only poet that I've ever heard um, do poems from the perspective of a, of a cyborg and then giving itself the Turing test, like, do I have consciousness? And I just never read anything like that, and it blew my mind. So an absolute must read. And then also Ali Schminke is another uh, great poet that I got to work with recently that I'd highly recommend, and, and I'll leave it at that. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Going back to my early love for poetry, I would say Langston Hughes and Maya Angelou. Um, Ebony Stewart is like uh, one of my favorite poets, one of my mentors, um, a person that has really helped um, with my career path and uh, just talks about real, real life things, um, real life struggles that um, so many of us can relate to. And she's just, yeah, she really cares about the poetry community. Um, she's one that helps to build this community. So, like, not only do I believe in her work, but, like, she's an amazing person and um, with helping poets um, build who they are and what they're able to do and where they want their careers to go as well. So um, I would have to say that those are my top three favorite. Um, she's consistently putting out new work, too, so. That's something that I really look up to and uh, value. All very good recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lee, do you have favorites? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, I totally did not prepare for that. Um, I love Langston Hughes, um, Maya Angelou, obviously. Um, I, <laughs> I actually have um, a Walt Whitman couplet tattooed on my arm so kind of a fan um <laughs> must say. be a favorite <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i actually had just checked out uh i think it's the most recent franny cho so i'm excited to read that um yeah um i do have a book um a poetry anthology latinx um i haven't read it yet because i started to read the introduction and it was hit home so hard, I had to put the book down. So um, when I'm ready, <laughs> um, I will pick it back up. But yeah, I am excited for that. I'll add some of mine too, because I have a couple of favorites. Um, Alive is Ocean Vaughn 
his work is phenomenal. Um, so, so good. And Tommy Pico, I also really love him too. And then Dead is Mary Oliver. Um, she was one of the first poets I ever read as a teenager. Um, and just the best. I love her so much. Well, now I feel bad because I don't really have a favorite poet. <laughs> Do you have a favorite poem? <laughs> so my favorite poem is a limerick that my grandmother, my dad's mother used to say all the time. Bear with me. It's a little dirty, but not, I think, too dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> so it goes, there once was a girl from Madras who had the most beautiful ass, not rounded in pink like some people think, but gray, had long ears, and ate grass. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I like it. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm of the opinion it's not a limerick if it's not at least a little bit dirty. So. I mean, you're probably well, right there. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So I hear a lot of times from people that maybe want to get into poetry, but they're a little scared about it. And they're like, poetry is so hard to understand. Poetry is like all intellectual or whatever. I don't know. They come up with a lot of things. Um, do you guys think that poetry is hard to get into? Do you think that it's difficult to understand? Um, not really. It's, <laughs> it, uh, it's storytelling. Um, that's all poetry is, is storytelling. So, I mean, we can understand books. We can understand t- storytellers. So uh, if you think of poetry as storytelling and see it that way um, and maybe not make it more complicated than it is. It may be a little easier um, getting into it. Uh, I would say that it's probably people standing in their own way. It is scary to get on a stage and be very vulnerable and like bear your souls. That is that is a scary thing to do. I'll never say that it's that I'm not nervous and I do this all the time, but I'm still nervous. Um, so that could be what it is like. It's a scary thing to do. And that's real. Like, that's the truth of getting into any type of sharing your art. Uh, but understanding, no, it's storytelling. It's that simple. Pretty storytelling, if you will. Yes. <laughs> real pretty. Um. <laughs> I always like to remind people when they when they try to say that poetry is really like hard to understand or confusing or whatever, that pretty much all the music they listen to is poetry. Yeah. Any, like, picture book they read, chances are that's poetry. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, I think I think what you said is right. A lot of people get in their own way about poetry. Yeah. Which, it's scary. Like, I'm, I validate that. It is scary, but dare to be brave. Yes. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right about that being brave thing. And when I hear people tell me that they think poetry is complicated or they don't understand it, I think it's because trying to understand it with our logical brain, and that's not really what connects us to poetry. Uh, So much of it is metaphor and feeling, and although a lot of it can be storytelling, it doesn't necessarily have a a timeline or it isn't linear. It just like exists in space and time. So a lot of times you'll hear a good poem and you'll get like a story or snippets out of it or more like scenes that tell you a much bigger story. And so 
I say be brave and let it in and not try to uh, force it. I kind of the same thing I was talking about earlier when, you know, growing up, all the poetry they forced on me and everything like that, it just wasn't connecting with me. And so, you know, probably an unpopular opinion, but I, you know, I say if you, you read, you know, five poems from someone and it's not really connecting with you, just move on. Find something that really does inspire you and lights you up. Um, it exists everywhere, so just just let it in. I think the dialogue and stories is poetry, to go off of what you were saying previously. I, I think it ends up in in music it, and in everywhere. And I just, uh, I think it gets more complicated the more we try to define what it is. And um, getting all philosophical <laughs> on you again, I will say anyone that uses language as a poet, because the very essence of our language is a metaphor. We're not saying something is something, we're saying this noise, so this word means this thing that we've associated it with. And that's what a metaphor is, is just a more purified form and essence of, of language itself. So I think that's really why I love poetry. I'm a big language nerd, and I think poetry is the purest form of language that you can really come across. So I agree. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having a week, so like my words are not, not there. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, you both hit on the two biggest reasons why people shy away from poetry. One, it scares them. And two, they were forced to read it. Um, and what you discover as an adult is you don't have to read. You don't have to finish a meal. You don't have to finish anything you don't like. <laughs> if you don't connect to it, you don't like it, you don't have to finish it. You're not being graded on it now, you know. Um, find find the joy. Like that's what writing is about. It's about that freedom and that joy. And the poets and the writers, that's what they want you to feel too. They want you to feel that freedom, that bravery, um, that release that they got as well. At least that's how I feel when I write. That's real. Thank you. What makes you feel proud of the Utah poetry community? What What are some good things? I know there's, I know there's a lot of obstacles, um, but what do you feel proud about it? Uh, I'm proud that it is growing. I'm proud that it is that we are doing the work to make it more inclusive. Um, honestly, the arts is really supported in Utah. Uh, like from outside of the poetry community like there's a lot of people who love poetry who love art who really like want to see it continue to flourish so that's amazing and like something to be proud of in itself um when you have like a whole state that really supports art you can really take it far so um that's been amazing but like it's part of the work that I do so when you say what what can I be proud of well I'm proud of the fact that we We've come as far as we have, and we are continuing to do the work to um, grow the poetry community to be even more beautiful and even more inclusive and um, loving and more community-based and more family-based. Um, yeah, everything, art is, yeah, arts, art is love, and uh, love is family and community, and so if we can you know, continue to, to lean more into that part of it, um, I'll be even more proud. But I'm proud of the strides that we've made so far. It's, it's like empowering each other yeah. to, like, connect and grow 
Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain the process of like how the slam team works, like how slam competitions work? Because like Lee and I might be familiar, but I'm sure most of our listeners aren't familiar with how that works. And I'm not. And just explain it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Mika's a newbie. That's right. (laughs) You want this question? Winter might disagree on my definition here, because this is something we've talked about many times for the years. I think it's safe to say that Winter is a much bigger fan of Slam than I am, but I've just found a love for it recently. My definition would be that you're pouring a lot of your trauma and your emotions to a bunch of strangers, and you're wanting them to vote on it, and it's an elimination round by round. (laughs) And I think the best way to enjoy a poetry slam is to just not take it too seriously. As much as I love a poetry slam, when it is good, when it is a good community builder, when it is accepting to all of these people. But I feel like competition kind of tends to bring out the childishness in a lot of us, and that can get in the way of it a lot of times. So I tend to prefer the open mics because that's where I find people coming and sharing stuff for the very first time. And it just seems to be a lot more welcoming. But uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't toured around and done poetry slams like Winter has. So my experiences are just here in Utah. Uh, Slam is legit. Slam is uh, a moneymaker. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's how poets make money. Um, Other ways, merch is a thing. But yes, Um, it really helps to grow that community yes it's competition in it but that's where like slam is where i've met all of the poets that i know you know around the world um my mentors um around the world that's how i've met them is slam you know touring to 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 slam with the salt lake city slam team so um but how slam works is you have your team um if you're going to a team competition um there's usually four or five poets um and you're like head to head competing um pouring your heart and soul just like we said out on this stage um every round and sometimes it depends what area you're in sometimes it's complete strangers who have never been to a slam who in my opinion probably shouldn't be grading a slam um but <laughs> it's fine <laughs> Uh, other poets around the world are going to hear that and cringe i'm sorry um but not really uh but in some areas oh they have people who judge who actually were poets or are poets or have been to a million slams that's what i prefer but you know uh it's not that's not always the case um but those really allow you Um, to grow even more, in my opinion, because um, you're being judged by someone who actually knows what they should be expecting. And so they're able to dive a little deeper into uh, your words that you're saying and your performance that you're giving. Um, And that's how you're judged on um, how emotion evoking this poem was, right? Um, When you performed it, um, like, could we tell what you we what you were saying with your body language as well? No props. There's no props in slams. Uh, they will like take points for that. Like if I pointed at my watch when I said time in my poem, that would have been a big no no. Uh, and speaking of time, it cannot be over three minutes or you lose points. So uh, it's a point system, and then all the way at the end, whoever has the most points wins that ka ching ka ching. You know. 
So mm-hmm. it's a it's plus okay, really it's not about the the money. I'm gonna be honest, it's about the title. Like winning a slam, yeah. To be able to say you won that slam, it's a big deal. It really is. So yeah. yeah, it's a fun time. Especially especially if you go to a bunch and you're like, you know, you try out a poem, you don't make it past the first round, and then you come back the next month and you try it again. And sometimes you never make it past the first round. Me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, I don't have that experience. And like I said, when I go up to the mic, I am so full of emotion that performance kind of dwindles a little. And I think not only the words, but the performance, they have to do a dance together. Have to. And then the audience won't connect. And that's how I feel. But I also agree there are times where you're like, you walk in and you look at the crowd and you're like, yeah, no, not tonight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you just, you just do. Like you walk in, it's it's like a stand-up comedian. You walk in, you see the crowd, and you're like, yeah, they're not my crowd tonight, you know? Yeah. And you might still go up, but you you know in your head already, like this is like a one or two round day, so. And the crowd also like changes who, like what poems you might do, you know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. the order, right? Um, when you see that crowd, uh, it's going to tell you what poems definitely not going to fly or not going to get you very many points um, by the audience. So that's a thing. But I love slam because that's how I won my spot on the team to go on tour. So like, I'm biased. It's different (laughs) different avenues for different, you know, like what your goal is changes. So yeah, I like both. I like open mic and slam, but it does depend on the crowd for me. I'll be honest. Yeah. That's real. mm Mm-hmm. So a good friend of mine, I just wanted to add one last thing, said something to me that really s- stood out, and it was when I got eliminated in the first round in a slam, too. And he said, Reese, it isn't always the best poet that wins a slam, it's often the best performer. And that really sat with me, and I, you know, and, and I didn't really take it, you know, personal, because I've never really been a big performer until recently, even though I know I have good poetry, so... Again, it's, you know, what strangers think of one piece or one part of you, and it's maybe they read, you know, exactly like Winter was saying, you know, your body language says so much about it, and so often you get up there and you're just like, you're just so nervous. It doesn't matter how many times I've slammed, how many I've won, how big the crowd was last time, like, you'll always feel that way. So I just encourage people to just be brave, and I think you'd be surprised how many people will will be welcoming and embrace them. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Uh I don't mean to like knock the whole experience either way, but like it is, it is welcoming. It is welcoming. Yeah. I would say 99% of the time I have always felt welcome and safe. So yeah, I encourage people to try or even just become an audience member and just like share that space with people. That's true. You just hit on the, the biggest thing. Like it's an experience. So go and have that experience for yourself, whether you're, on stage or in the audience like it's a beautiful experience so to be a part of that i had to go be in the audience quite a few times before i was even brave enough to compete in a slam so i agree with that 100 percent. it's really cool didn't we do a slam as part of our juneteenth celebrations last year um so that was the plan um (laughs) (laughs) as things go not everything goes to plan um (laughs) so it ended up being an open mic um, okay. instead of a slam. 
It was still an, a beautiful experience, and I was very grateful for the people that did come up and share their words and their lives with us. So, And I know this year, uh, the library is doing a ton of stuff for Poetry Month. It's one of mm-hmm. our big focuses this year. So make sure you check out your local library for what they have going on. There's probably not slams going on, but there may be some open mics. I think there's a couple of branches that are doing open mics, for yeah. sure. I know Kearns is doing one. And Magna usually has an open mic pretty often, right? Once yep. a month. Yeah, um, our magic sound guy, Carl, um, he <laughs> runs the Magna open mic once a month. Um, it's fun. There's donuts. Um, I highly recommend. Um, everyone's really sweet um, and nice and encouraging. I've read my poetry there, so... And they they loved my Taco Bell poem. So, um, yeah. (laughs) You had me at donuts. (laughs) Took the words out of my mouth. That's what I was going to say. You had me at donuts. I'll be there. (laughs) So the last thing we wanted to ask you guys about, um, you you have both mentioned that you do things in the community. Um, So we wanted to ask about the things you do, how people can volunteer to help you or get in contact with you or participate in things you're doing. Let's see here. I also run an open mic. Speaking of open mics, um, our next one is March 18th. It's called Soul to Soul. Uh, Literally, it's in the name. Um, Come and share your souls and we're going to share our souls. And there's always yummy food. And uh, yeah, we have mocktails sometimes. That's a thing. They're really delicious. Um, Yeah, we usually have mocktails (laughs) at library events. So like... um the teen winter ball and um, the adult soirees. Yeah. Last teen winter ball, I was slinging mocktails. So I got it. <laughs> I'm here for it. See? So I know who to call then to make some mocktails. I'll be <laughs> calling you. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, we have that. We have a, the, our open mic every single month. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, my organization, Utah Black Artist Collective, um, in collaboration with Salt Lake Acting Company, is putting on a production um, at the end of this month. So it will run from March 24th through um, whatever that Sunday is. I think it's the 26th. Uh, it's called Sankofa, This Journey. Go back and get it. You all should come and check it out. It's going to be a beautiful time. It is a mixed media play, if you will. So there will be poetry. There will be musical entertainment in there. Um, there will be narrators. There will be African drumming. Um, there will be African dancing. So, yeah, um, those are like my next couple of big events going on. Um, I am a part of the Utah Black Chamber. I'm the arts chair with the Utah Black Chamber. So always support anything that we're doing. If if it's the Utah Black Chamber, I'll be there. So yeah, uh, ublack.org, U-B-L-A-C, that's our website, um, Winter Storm with the Y, uh, in replacement of the I. People are always like, where does the Y go? So I'm like, the the Y instead of the I. Um, that's where you can find me. Just you can Google me and you can find everything that I'm doing. So yeah, super excited um, to continue to do cool things in the community. The applications are open for Queer Spectra Arts Festival. Um, so if you all want to be a part of that, please, please apply. Um, that will be happening in May. So even if you don't want to apply to be a part of it as an artist, please come out and support and uh, be in community. Again, I'll be there. <laughs> I think that's all. 
all the things. <laughs> Not everything's a competition, but sometimes winter makes it feel like a competition because I'm just like, I have to follow that. Um, I'm still establishing myself uh, quite a ways, but if you do want to come out for a cause that's really, really important for me, if my poem touched you and it meant a lot to you, then I'd highly recommend coming to see me uh, perform it at Davis Pride. It's... Um, I've just loved the leadership there from the very get-go, and it's always been about the kids from the very beginning. It's been about, like, let's, you know, let's stop kids from unaliving themselves. Let's give them a welcome place that they don't have if their family doesn't have it. Uh, one of the things that I've really come that I love to do is I'll have a booth come by and I'll write a quick poem for you. Uh, that's one of the things that I really, really love to do. I am um, still building an online presence myself, so I'm not on uh, every social media imaginable like like winter, but I, I do have a Facebook page, just poem in my pocket. Not all that prominent yet, but uh, I'm working. We'll go from there. I'll definitely be in the Utah Arts Fest, you know, for a third year in a row. I was an emerging artist featured last year. I also, also the same day of your open mic, sorry, I'm not going to be there for this one. March 18th, there's actually Thrive in Ogden, which is actually for... It's a lot of people overcoming religion and thriving and things like that. And this will be my second year performing there on the 18th as well. That's going to be at Weber State on the 18th. I would uh, go ahead and check it out. Um, from what I hear, the tickets are going fast, so it's worth it. It's an all-day event. Um, I believe there's food, too, if that, you know, is what draws you there. I know donuts get me places. So. Food draws everybody. Everyone likes food. It's, it's not it's a true. secret. <laughs> food is good, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys, for coming, for sharing your knowledge about poetry and your poems. Um, it was such a pleasure to have you on. Um, if you want to listen to more of this podcast you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts we're everywhere Yay! <laughs> we would love to hear from you if you have any comments or questions for us feel free to email us at shelvespodcasts at slcolibrary.org um, and if you want to learn more about our guests go find them on your social medias or on facebook that's all for today Um, thanks, <laughs> thanks everybody. <laughs> that was, I think, the most pathetic game I've ever heard. You want to try again? <laughs>